Team Jam should have had sections. Man, if Team Jam had sections. Bring you a bottle of, uh, what was that, Canadian? What, what was this, the glass Canadian bottle? Miss? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the clearly, the clearly, clearly yeah. Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> the sparklers. It was a cl- oh, man. <laughs> we had bleachers? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite barbershop-style podcast. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg. Join my co-hosts, Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, tell them what's in your mind. I got a couple things. One, um, we had this these parallel events where, what was it, eight years ago, 45 when he was running against uh, Hillary Clinton he said he predicted if you elect her it's going to be all type of indictments and uh, all type of prosecutions and all of this uh, illegal stuff and um, criminal charges against her remember he said that he he promised that if you elect her that's what's going to happen and you know, the, the three of us plus Sherman and Mike just got back from Vegas where we saw a fight where one of the fighters, the guy I was rooting for, said that he was going to break his opponent. He was going to break him. And it was going to be a one-sided ass beat. I'll say this. Both of them had it right, but they had the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> because 45 has now been indicted, not one, not two, but now three times as it just came down. We were recording on a Tuesday. Just got indicted for the third time. And this one, I know people were thinking that Georgia was probably the strongest case. This one really is like a 45-page document. Check it out if you're bored and, and don't have any time. But, um, man, it's, 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 it seems and it feels, feels pretty strong, man. So, I got that. And the only he, other thing I want to bring up. But he only has three charges against him, right? In this indictment. Yeah. There's in, four in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I, Plus I, the other two indictments. Yeah. <laughs> and there was what? Three or there was three on the second indictment. I think one in or two in, in New York. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so he got a lot yeah. to deal with. Yeah. He's got a lot of charges. So and I, and I brought up the boxing analogy. I just want to say, um, you know, my guy lost. And I know what comes with that. I do want to say how much I hate boxing fans. I think I said this on this before, but immediately people are saying that Earl Spence is a bomb. His resume, I'm like, his resume is weak. Like, he had three of the four belts. (laughs) But this is why fighters are afraid to make the top fights, because as soon as they take their first loss, the public turns on them and say, you know, they, they never were this and they never were that and, and things like that. Earl Smith happened to run up against uh, a generational talent in Bud Crawford. He is the first male to become undisputed champion in the four belt era in that division. That is that is historic. That is that is historic. So it's not that Spence was a bomb. He beat some great champions, but he ran against Earl. Now, there are rumors about some may have been wrong with him. I don't want to hear that. He took the fight. Once you take the fight and agree to the fight, the excuses go out the window. But it's why I did pick Bud on the last episode. I, matter of fact, I got it perfect. I said eighth and ninth round KO, and it was you a did. ninth round. He been through too much. The human body can only take so much, and you can't fight a killer like Bud and expect to say, I, I know I've been through this and that, but I should be all right. Nah. Mm-mm. Yeah. But yeah. You're like De- Deontay even called out. He was like, he looked dehydrated, right? Like he was yeah. talking about how hard it was for him to make weight and how he, it, it just being older, getting older, it's harder to make weight. And so I, I do think he probably was dehydrated, not in his, as an excuse, just one other reason why he lost. Right. It was mm-hmm. like, I think he was dehydrated. I think he tried to make weight. He wasn't able to kind of get his feet. You could kind of tell he was being overpowered. And that's, that, that was, really unusual 
for uh, yeah. see Spence to yeah. be overpowered like that. So it had to be something more than just you know the the accidents or whatever. I do think that he was he just he he worked so hard to try to make weight that he couldn't put the muscle back on. He couldn't get back in fight and trim in that twenty four hours to actually be able to come out there and give the best. So with that buff, do you want to see a Spence Crawford too? Or not? I know, and and this also happens a lot too. The knee jerk reaction when one boxer and he got pretty demolished. I will say this: we have pretty is he got demolished. We have (laughs) a recent example of Wilder getting demolished in the second Fury fight, and although he did get beat in the third fight, people are saying that that's one of the best heavyweight fights they ever saw because he knocked Fury down twice in that fight and it was much more competitive than the second fight and they're talking about doing it at a different weight class so if they have it I'll watch it but I ain't flying to Vegas to see it (laughs) 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 Spence gotta show me something before he gets some more of my money (laughs) yeah I mean backing up by the way y'all are adding y'all are way too low for Trump he has 40 count felony counts just Throwing it out there. Uh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> okay, but he, he wants to push all that after the presidency. It's just yeah. ridiculous. Like, no, nah, just just hold off. Um, yeah, bro, that was. It's. I mean, the fight's been the talk of every group I've been in. And it's some of the things you said, but then it was just was Crawford just a better fighter? Mm-hmm. Like you know, even at even hydrated could he have done anything with those counters because he initially started just countering and but then when Crawford went on the offensive it was yeah. it was just over that's very accurate yeah. very accurate yeah you know when he went on the offensive it's like okay because his game plan was to just counter you know it seemed like it was just a counter and he realized that you know sometimes that power is great until you get outboxed and then yeah, when that I, I, that power fails you, you yeah. But I, I think that's what it was, though. I mean, you you saw. I think you mentioned it. It was like Crawford literally threw Spence off of him. Like it wasn't, you know, something. I think if he had have been more grounded, more well prepared for the fight, he would have been able to stay inside, which is where he fights usually. So it, it would have been very very different than. Crawford just using that jab, keeping that distance, and then counter punching every time Spence walked in. It was like he took a step and boom, his head, you saw his head just pop back up. So it was a very different fight than what you see in the past from Spence. So I do think with a little bit of a different game plan, like you talked about them being able to fight at a higher uh, weight class, him being able to prep a little bit more, that it might be a better fight. I, I still think Crawford Isn't wins. That how everybody even in that, loses? Like if my game plan was better. If I was in better shape, you know, like not everybody, but it's like, you know, if I change this, I would be the champ. You know, it, it, I'll, I'll say usually you have a, a backup plan. And it's like if you listen to Crawford after the fight, he said we knew Spence had a great jab and we worked on taking away that jab. Once they took away that jab, it was like, OK, Earl, I like I, I can't wait to see the replay because I was we couldn't hear what they were saying in the corner. But. I just wonder what Derrick James was saying. Like, okay, we need to do this now. And they didn't do... Like, even with... I mentioned Wilder. He had a different game plan for that third fight. He His game plan was to go to the body because Fury is so elusive. It's much harder to hit his head. So he went to the body. So yeah, he should, he should have had a backup plan or something. Yeah, and I mean, and then Crawford worked on his jab. You know, he, yeah. was talking, he talked about his... Him having that, um, that strong jab. I forgot what term he used. But I mean, that's something he worked on. So yeah. you thought uh, Spence was going to dominate with his jab, and Crawford's jab was just—I mean, just dominating. I mean, making his head snap back. And sometimes you have to bully the bully. We saw it with Buster Douglas and Tyson. Uh, I keep bringing this fight up, but this is what Fury did in the second fight. Instead of waiting on Wilder to land that powerful shot like he did in that first fight, he was like, "I'm gonna come in extra heavy." And I'm just going to bully the bully. Yeah. And and Spence was literally known as the bully of that division. And Crawford was like, not today. Like Rosie mentioned, he literally shoved them half across the <laughs> ring. Like, I'm the bully today, bro. <laughs> it's, it's also psychological. I mean, it's a the gentleman's sport. I mean, it's the fact that it's, it's 
it's gameplay, game plan. And yeah. if you're the, used to being the bully, we've seen all the, the damn kung fu fighting movies. When the bully realizes he's not the bully anymore, <laughs> it the 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 montage, the, the 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 theme music started playing. You know, I'm the best around. You know, like the Rocky thing, all that started playing because it's like Drago ain't Drago no more, right? And so, I hope for you know if they do a second fight, I I hope for a a rematch at a higher weight class. Oh, one last thing I want to say, because I had posted this video and then I wound up deleting it because I was like, it really sounds like respectability politics. But I'm going to say it anyway. It's very hard to get that many people to support two black fighters. It's usually like a Mexican and a black fighter or a white fighter and a black fighter. On top of that, this is one of the most well-behaved crowds I've ever seen. Like every Mm -hmm. fight I've gone to, there's a fight in the crowd. Like that's the joke that there's always a fight at the fight. There was no fights. It was a little shit talking, but there were no, no fights. Yeah. And that majority black crowd came and supported those two brothers, man. And and those two brothers showed class. Earl took that beating, shook Crawford's hand like a man. I just want to say, you know, just it was just great to see that without any do, of the ugliness. Do you think that was because even in the lead up to it, they show respect to each other. They, like you said, yeah. they talk to each other. They, they, they. You can tell it was a rivalry there, yeah. but it, it wasn't it, a. I yeah. hate you. It, it was, wasn't a. It, it was yeah. healthy banter with, with, you know, like you could tell both of them wanted to win, but they kept it respectful. Was that the yeah. uh, weigh in where they were just saying, let's, let's go get paid, let's go get this money? Yes. And yes. literally, both of them, I, when they both put their hands behind their backs, mm-hmm. that was kind of like. Let's just do this. Let's, like yeah. I said, mm-hmm. it's a gentleman sport. Let's go do this. Let's make it make it, it do make it do what it do, and make the best man win. And of yeah. course, as usual, as predicted by me, Team Darkskin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I say that because I'm not the boxing fanatic by far of the group. I'm probably the least passionate about boxing, so you know it's usually easy to kind of like okay, like you said, most of these major fights, you know you you know you might follow somebody, and if you're not. You know, you bet on black, you know, that's just how it is. And now he's like, okay, who do I do? How do I do this? I think that's what I enjoy too. Having y'all there, like I, I love the sport and it's not the most popular sport at all. It's definitely fell way behind other sports for a multitude of reasons. But to have you guys there and enjoy that event and it, it was it was really cool for me, man. So I, I just appreciated y'all being into it, enjoying it, embracing it, and just and there was fun, good. Man. The undercards were pretty good too. Oh yeah, yeah. The undercards yeah. were really good too. Yeah. So the crowd, everybody. Uh, shout out to Vegas. Uh, they owe me nothing. Uh, <laughs> we had a blast from from day one, from the moment we landed. Good food, good drinks, good conversation. It was hot. <laughs> Just a heater, but outside of that, it was just, it was just really good. Good to see you guys. I mean, I could really ask for a better, better trip, you know. And no, no issues for you, right, Rosie? You had a you had a clear, clean Vegas trip. Uh, yeah, I, I got back just fine. I, I think uh, I passed the buck over to uh, Mike, uh, DJ right. Tech Mike. It took him two days to get home. So yeah, <laughs> the monkey's off my back. Right. <laughs> Tag you're it. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking speaking of getting the bag though um i guess we're gonna make it a trifecta and talk about carly russell for three weeks in a row uh i don't know if you guys have heard but her uh ex-boyfriend is becoming a reality star and he is going to atlanta and he's gonna be on kind of like a finding love i don't know you know <sighs> type of thing because he's like he's over her and now he's a reality star so you know make your make Make your money, young man. Hey, whatever it is. I'm not mad at him at all. I'm just upset that we are entertained by anything. <laughs> anything. And guess what? People are going to watch it. Mm-hmm. They're just going to they're just gonna watch it. And so instead of watching that, listen to Three Brothers No Sense, your favorite barbershop style podcast on all your podcast platforms. I just, I don't know. Anything else, fellas? Yeah. Oh, and don't forget, 
Contentville. Yeah. yeah. So first don't episode. Forget, first this... episode on Contentville. So welcome everybody to Contentville. Oh, yeah. Check us out every day or every Monday, eight o'clock uh, Central Time now. So, and if you are listening to us on a podcasting platform, check, go download Contentville and check out us and all the other cool platform uh, podcasts that are there. So, if you just kind of need some podcasts uh, and you don't know where to start. It's a great spot to be because then we're, you know, programming the podcast for you. And actually, unless I have it wrong, it's it's within the Inspire You app. So keep the Inspire You on air app and content. You will find content view within the Inspire You mm-hmm. app. I think so. Awesome. Anything else, fellas? That's all I got, man. All righty. Well, Sophia. She's in the shower right now, so we'll come back to her her joke. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All righty. So let's jump into it. So we really didn't have, I had a mile. Sherman had a question and I had a question. So I'm a uh, default to you guys. And I'll go. I'll go. I want to go. Um, because I, we, we talked about Vegas and how good of a time we had. And, and one of the things that we did, we, we got a section at Tau and, you know, did it like we do it and had a great time. Um, but we were, I was looking around and a lot of the younger folks there, they, I I think they've gotten into this section culture of getting in a section and sitting down and they'll get up for a couple, a song or two, take some pictures, video for Instagram or whatever, social media, and then they just sent back down. And I wanted to ask you guys. Is that something that you've noticed that like this gener- this new generation just really doesn't get out there and have fun like we did? Or is that their fun and, and just that's what it is? But but to me, it didn't seem like they were having as much fun as like we had when we were in the clubs back in the day. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to say if, if that's what's fun for them. Uh, I, I can't like you say, it doesn't it doesn't look like it's fun, but um you know, I'm I'm too old to to definitively say whether or not it is. Somebody on YouTube, I think his name is Charles something, said that uh, the section culture killed the killed the black clubs or whatever like that too. Uh, but I guess I guess that's fun. You know, we 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 got an expert in here on. Let, let's let her uh, let's let her answer this question. So we always talk about Haley, 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 but um. So I'm down in Disney right now in Orlando, and um, so I've got Haley and her um, best friend uh, Liz. Or uh, do I need to say best friend? Because I don't want yeah. none of your other friends to be mad. So we don't, we don't, we we're just only, we're each other's only friends. Oh, okay, only friends. So not just best friend, only friends. So no, but uh, they're here, and maybe you know they are that Gen X. Wait, Gen Z. They are that Gen Z group, and so maybe they can answer the question. Did you guys even hear the question? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we asked the question about section culture and folks just kind of like taking pictures and just like you know not dancing and stuff like that. We talked a little bit about it, uh, and so I was asking, is is that fun or because back in our day we got up, we danced, we we did whatever, and so I want you guys' opinions on kind of that, like that that culture and is that kind of killing the club vibe? I would say yes. <laughs> I would say yes. I don't like that everyone just sits around like trying to be cute and taking pictures and nobody dances or do like does anything. And we complain about that all the time. Yeah. That's why we go 
where we go. Where, where do y'all go? The Finnick. The Finnick. Which is a Finnick is a white club. Yeah. You know. So. And they they know how to but dance. But that's where they dance. One thing about the white people, we love the white people. We love you know the white culture, whatnot. Um, they're gonna dance. They're gonna have a good yeah. time. They don't care. They don't, judge. they don't care about how you look. They don't care about sitting there judging the next person because everybody is there to have a good time. They might be offbeat sometimes. It don't matter. It don't matter. They're gonna have a good time. <laughs> they're gonna dance, and we're gonna dance with them. But yeah, I hate the sitting culture. I hate. Our club culture, I feel like it's absolutely no fun. Everyone just likes it's to about appearance. It's all about social media yeah. that really plays a big role because everyone wants to post for social media and that they're living their best life and no one's living in the moment. The problem. Your birthday was like that. Yeah, my birthday. Yeah. We had some people who shall not be named and they were just sitting there posting their pictures when we were trying to turn up, you know, but they just wanted to look cute in the section. So, yeah. With a with a strobe light, I mean the, the the light and everything. Did they have the light on their phone and everything? They didn't in the club, but they normally yeah, do. They would, yeah, normally. Yeah, because apparently that's yeah, the thing. Super big light the, <laughs> that goes on the phone. That clips on. Yeah, all that's annoying. I can't blame your your gear. I think you ladies hit it on on the head. I mean, I think social media has changed the culture. You know. Maybe we would have did the same thing when we were younger. We were just broke, and uh, the 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 sections weren't for everybody. Right? Yeah, that's you know. a big. That's another thing. They're really easy. There's Very no easy exclusivity. Access. Yeah, so. the sections weren't for everybody. We were broke, and we I think we accepted the fact, and so we we were cool with being in gin pop dancing and doing every everything else and having fun. Um. But now it's all about, you know, appearances. The, yeah, appearances. And I mean, yeah. they'll get up it's, and dance, but it's also going to be recorded. They're not dancing. They're not dancing without it being noticed. Yeah, it's they want to record them dancing so they can say that they're dancing and yeah. having fun versus Seem like actually they're having fun. just yeah. having fun. Yeah. It's like it needs to be validated by everybody else that they're having fun in the club. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's a it's a male and a female thing because I think guys post up. And oh, I don't even know if it takes sure. if it takes away from we were we went to the club to talk to women and you had to, you know, you didn't have a section where you had people come to you or you can just bring mm-hmm. a group of, of people over. You had to it was you and your homeboy, you on your solo dolo. And you're like, OK, I see Haley over there. She looked cute. Let me go shoot my shot. You that's know. how it should be. But that's <laughs> another topic is the guys think that women are supposed to. Yeah, make every first move nowadays. That's a whole yeah. nother topic. Oh, uh, hey man, it's, I, I'll take your word for it. I, I don't know, but I mean, I just know growing up we had to do all that, and it wasn't anything like if a guy was buying you a you know buy at most we might buy a drink or two, right? That's where we stopped. Mm, right now it's like we got bottles, we got uh, we're flexing and all this stuff, and that as a group. You know, we're pulling these chicks rather than, you know, individual. So yeah. uh feel sorry for you ladies, but have fun. Enjoy it, you know. <laughs> it's okay. We'll stick with the Finnick. Yeah, we'll we go where we go. We don't have these problems at the Finnick, so <laughs> it's okay. I don't know what to tell you. We love the white culture. <laughs> I like that Oh Lord. Y'all know they're gonna have a good time. There they isn't don't even care. anywhere to sit. Literally it's like dance. it's barely any booths there. Yeah. Like you can't go in there and be like, I'm getting a section because what even is a section? Like Yeah, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's not in there. Your daddy likes sections though. He does he like sections. He does like sessions. Because he likes to feel exclusive. That's why he likes sections. Yes. He can't be with the commoners. Yeah, I can't. I can't, I can't lie. I love, I have I love PTSD, him too. And if I can't control my surroundings, oh, I have a panic attack. Oh, so, and he, likes, and he likes the exclusive. Yeah, and I like exclusive. <laughs> exactly. Being special. I'm just lazy. I like to sit. That's well, imagine wearing heels. Yeah, I was about to say, oh, yeah. no, because last time we went, ooh. Yeah, yeah, so uh-uh. that's when that's the, the growing up, that's when about about twelve thirty the ladies had the shoes off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, and yeah. that's how that's yeah. how it was about to be. But the Phoenix up there. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I would be stepping on broken glass. I did like, judge mm-hmm. though back then. You know, I would only talk to the yeah. person who still had their shoes on by the end of the night. Mm-hmm. 
thug it out. Yeah. <laughs> like a lady. All. all right. That is all. Bye, guys. Appreciate y'all. Bye. Yeah, I'm a, I'm definitely a section guy, but I don't I I'm not a dancer, but it's perfect for me because my wife loves to dance. So for me, a section has always been she has her place to dance. I can sit and drink when a song comes on that I can rap to or, or get or get crunk to. I'll get up for that song or two, rap with the lyrics with my drink in my hand and, and, and whatever like that. Then I can sit back down. She can dance in peace without guys trying to come behind her or whatever the case may happen so sections and plus I hate lines too I hate lines we went to Tao we saw that line <laughs> and I was so glad I wasn't in it <laughs> elitist <laughs> you know like uh, OT Genesis performed so uh, the few songs I did know of his when he rapped something I knew I got up rapped with him and then sat back down so uh, I do like sections, but yeah, you got to do more than just sit there and take take a few pictures with your already attached light to the phone. <laughs> that was that was kind of wild. What you got for Zarazi? So for me, I, I definitely think that it's like um, it's killed the club and the fun of it. Like, but if you. Well, I, I don't know because, I mean, we talk about how we enjoy being in those sections and, and being able to dance and all that stuff. So, I mean, I guess that's what they want is that that same thing that we're looking for in the section they're looking for in the section, too. So they don't they don't have to dance all the time. And I guess it's it's what people like, whether they like to dance and get up and be in the crowd or they don't. Yeah, I mean, Well, well I, I, I can't dance. So that's why I sit now. If I could dance, my ass would be up the whole night. So if you're somebody that can dance and you pay that money to come to a club and buy overpriced drinks just to sit down and, and snap pics, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, but I think it's similar to back in the day. Now to think about it, we didn't have sections, but you had the dudes that were holding up the wall all night. Yeah. You know, when people were holding up the wall, if they had a chance to sit, they would have sat. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. Uh, I think it's just a different culture, and, and that's what they know. You know, that's all they know. Teen Jam should have had sections. Man, <laughs> Teen Jam had bring sections. You, bring you a bottle of uh, what was that Canadian? What, what was this? The glass Canadian bottle? Miss? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the clearly, the clearly, yeah. clearly Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> the sparklers. Oh man, <laughs> we had bleachers. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, if Teen Jams would have had sections. I wouldn't yeah. have been in. I wouldn't have been in the section. <laughs> I was in. The, I would have been in the middle of the floor. Yeah, yeah. Especially the ones that who would have had the most expensive sections. Um, it, it should be Gargus Park, but but it probably would have been uh, Spring Hill. Yeah, it probably. I think been it was, that. Well, Gargus Park was just the best one, man. That's just that was just man. What a time to be alive, man. Yeah. That was, that was, so what you got for us, Buff? Uh, so I'm, I'm going to switch gears a bit. Uh, that was a fun question, by the way, Rising. It, it turned into a fun question, at least. <laughs> um, I want to know, because, you know, as we stayed on here almost every episode, all three of us are parents. Uh, I want to know something that you learned uh, because you're a parent. Like, the only reason you learned it was because you became a parent and that's the only way you probably would have ever learned it. Like going through regular adult life, you never would have came across this, but being a parent, you learned it. So I want to know what was it? I'll go first on this one, I guess. Um, the kids are little people. It sounds, it sounds like, yeah, they're, they're kids. That's exactly what they are, but <laughs> right we forget you know that Byron was Byron at the age of four five like your personality your traits are like you were you from day one like Sky has always been this very calm cool collective super sensitive super emotionally uh, 
responsible, intelligent young lady. Since I mean, since the moment I saw her, like just we when she was a baby, like she's we always said she's been here before. And just even the conversations that I have with her now, like I can't wait to see her grow up. Right. Because I want to see that personality just bubble. And TJ, TJ is just a ball of energy. He's such a happy kid. You know, you, you know, and I love it. And God bless me with two great kids because um, he's a happy kid, but he is full of energy. And sometimes I have to recalibrate and redirect his energy. And that moment, like maybe I was a little too hard on him. He's forgot about it. He's back, you know, doing whatever he wanted to do anyway. Like he's he's just a resilient kid, but very emotional, very loving, very caring, um, very confident in who he is, you know, just seeing and talking to him like he's super confident in being who he is. No, I'm TJ, you know, like, hey, you're you're, you're silly. No, I'm TJ. Like he, he, you know, I don't want to be I don't want to be funny. I want to be TJ like he's cool just being him. He doesn't want to be labeled. I'm like, that's just very you. Are, you, you are your father's son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just watching. But then, and I say that because in our minds, well, in my mind, I'll speak for you. Think like oh, I'm gonna have these kids, and you're gonna mold them into this, this, the, these people. And you can help guide and shape, but all you can do is guide who they are, right? TJ will never be as calm. As I was as a kid, people like he's probably just like you know. I was the calmest little kid ever. I was probably more like Sky. You know, Sky is just very calm, and she wants everybody to be happy. TJ's like, burn it down, let's get it. You know, if that's what makes him excited, he's gonna do it. And um, they're completely different, but yet and still, we're arrogant enough to, or I was arrogant enough to think that I was gonna be able to mold and shape these kids into these just perfect beautiful adults and just realizing that they're just perfect versions of themselves already it's just my goal my goal and my duty to just help guide them to be the best versions of those and continue to pour into that but I would have never thought that you know and that's why I think as parents as we find things that happen you know we're so dis- we're disappointed because our our versions of what we think our kids should be doesn't happen because they were never going to be that anyway. You know, they might be going on the career path, but they're not going to be the person you wanted to be probably even better. So along the same lines as uh, what Ferg's saying, I think being a parent, I learned to calm down about a lot of things. Like it's not that serious. I think a lot of times folks without kids, we, I, I joke last week about the, I'm never cooking a separate meal for my child or, you know, they're going to do what I tell them to do every time. And my child is never going to throw a tantrum and this, that, and the other. And I think, and and so our Haley always makes the joke that I can tune the kids out uh, when they're running around and they're, they're, you know, banging and they're doing all that craziness around the house. And I'm just, I just tune it out. And I, I think being a parent teaches you that it's like, it's not that big of a deal. I, I don't care if people are looking at me because my kids throwing a fit, like throw the fit, but you're not getting what you want because if I give you what you want, then I'm enforcing, reinforcing that fit. So sometimes I got to let it play out or, you know, I may get up and I like, I've had times where I've walked the kids out and let them throw the fit outside so that everybody didn't have to deal with it. But I let them finish throwing the fit. I wasn't giving them what they wanted. And so I'm like, well, when you're finished, we can go back inside. And and I think Sophie did one or two fits. And after that, she was like, well, this ain't gonna work. Let me find something else to do. So it's one of those things that just calming down and letting things play out is probably the simplest and easiest way to get through life. And and you take that. And so I, I think a lot of parents end up being able to kind of tune things out. They're able to hyper-focus on things. They can have a lot going on um, because they're just used to that multitasking and that having to kind of focus on what they're doing and ha- have that background noise be background noise. 
you know, we've all heard the saying of uh, some parents before they whip their child, you know, saying this is going to hurt me a lot worse than it hurts you. And as a kid, that sounds like a bunch of BS. <laughs> but when you become a parent, and it's not just whipping, even even when you have to, you know, put your kid on punishment for something they did or, or didn't listen to you. That hurts as well, especially for me. Like I like to, especially when Jasmine was younger, I like to have a lot of fun with her and play around. So when I had to punish her, it would be like punishing myself a little bit, depending on what her punishment was or, or having to discipline them. If you're into, you know, whipping your kids, like it does really hurt. That's not something you want to do. But at the time, in order to correct that behavior, you have to do it. And the other thing is, I think you don't realize the sacrifice your parents make. Like, Rizzi, you you have Ali in, in soccer. Uh, Ferg, you already do so many things, you know, outside of the kids with work and with the, the lamp lighters and things like that. And then, you know, putting aside, putting aside time for your kids and doing whatever they need to do. Like, when I play football and stuff, I don't think I realized the sacrifice my mom was making, like, you going to work every day, you running them back and forth to practice on top of work, and then you finally get a day off, and this little Negro got a game going on. Yeah, get up for that. So you can't even relax on your day off. Or you got to, uh, you know, they, they lost one of their cleats, so now you got to run to the store and go grab them another cleat or something like that. So the, the sacrifice, like, I know you can make sacrifices without having kids, but it's just a different type, man. Like your time becomes so valuable when you have kids. And the other thing too, man, on a less serious note, when your kids are little, noise is a good thing. Cause when they're in a room somewhere playing and it's just quiet for too long, you get worried. Like, like, <laughs> exactly. I ain't her. Go, go check on the kids. <laughs> but long as you hear some things dropping and falling or maybe even breaking, jumping, you know everything is good up there, man. So that's that's all I got, man. Quick, quick question. I'm gonna because I like to debate it. I think we've been just everybody's been so accepting. <laughs> you know what? I, and I believe when you say it, or I say it, or Rizzy says, or some of some of our parents say it, say this hurts me more than it hurts you. I believe that, but at the same time, I feel like some of this default. I feel like there was a lot of parents who that was their only outlet and that's the only way they know how to discipline their kids and it was just normalized so because you know the well, one you have a child abuse where a lot of these parents are their outlet they're lashing out because that's the only way they know how to raise or rear their kids um i think as and, we, and they're taking they're taking every frustration from the day out there they're taking that frustration from their boss and from their side chick that's trying to talk with their main chick and all of that and all that frustration is going into them whipping that kid because that kid did something they were too loud when they did something random or they finally come across somebody that they get to tell what to do they go to work mm-hmm. somebody yeah. tells them what to do so they finally yeah. get to come back and because even now there's times where like I think even when we were in Vegas you know TJ was TJing and it was like okay when I get home there's gonna be you know it's gonna be a problem but by the time I got home and this happens a lot I find myself wanting to talk to him more and wanting to because I can see the disappointment in him, him trying to understand the problem and him trying to understand how to correct it, but he's still four and he's still TJ and, you know, 17 seconds into the conversation, he's good. 18 seconds, he's, you know, squirrel. And so, um, but I think what I will say is I think there has been a change to the way our generation and I think the generations after us are trying to parent. Now, I don't know if it's going to work. You know, because um, and I think I was talking to Rizzy about this, too, as much as I try to just talk to TJ and work with him. Sometimes I feel like he needs that immediate correction where it it pauses him, makes him stop and think Um, in that shock of pain or whatever for that split second, like hones his hones him in like, okay, I need to calm down because that ain't gonna work. And. 
you know, but, you know, I don't know. We're still figuring it out. Agree. I, I definitely think our generation is is trying to be a lot less of the because I said so type of parents and at times explain to the kid why that's wrong or why you're having them do this versus that. So I, I think we are trying to do a better job with just and, yeah, not saying yeah. I said because I said so. I think that's on a lot of levels. I think our generation and I'm not trying to make our generation the greatest generation, but I think there's so many changes. I think we have more, you know, probably people with higher educations, people who are going to we're earning more than we've ever earned. Um, marriages are probably lasting longer. You have more like and so we're trying to figure more women in the workforce. So we're trying to figure out something that is that is new to not just our culture, but just like America in general, like, you know, um, having more two parent, two, two income households. So our parents might not have dealt with that and our grandparents didn't deal with that and all this stuff. So we're, we're trying to reinvent or reshape how we deal with marriage. We're trying to reshape how we deal with kids. We're trying to reshape how we deal with religion, like pretty much everything. I think if you had to generalize Gen X, or Gen Y, Gen Y, we're generation. What were we? We're the Y yes. generation. We're, we're Gen, Y, yeah. millennials. Yeah, we're Y. Um, we're the Y generation. Like we're challenging everything, right? It's it's we're we're reinventing the wheel. Like all this stuff is new, yeah. and we romanticize about. And I think we're we're struggling. We romanticize about yesterday or yesteryear. But still, you know, look at like how do we improve on that? And I think our kids are going to like how Haley and uh, only friend basically like we love the whites that we, you know, that's more acceptable now. You know, uh, pop culture and cross, you know, cross culture is becoming more acceptable now, you know, and like the blurs and all that, like it's th- things are shifting. And so. It's going to be very interesting. So, all righty. My question. Well, put this way, we've all been traveling a lot in the last few weeks, you know, a few months. Some more than others, you know, Miami, Vegas, you know, hell, let's throw a trip to Mexico or something. That'd be ridiculous. You know, these are all hypotheticals, people. Nobody travels that much. <laughs> two questions two part question what has been your favorite vacation and what is your ideal vacation your bucket list um so my favorite believe it or not my favorite vacation so far has been the first time I went back to Mobile with Jasmine um, me, I, me and Tabitha, we drove. <laughs> me and Tabitha, I drove. She rode. <laughs> I drove from here down to Mobile, and people were just so. I mean, we were like borderline within our circle, at least. We were like borderline celebrities. Like everybody wanted to see the new baby. They wanted to see Byron and Tabitha. Have you seen Byron and Tabitha yet? They brought the baby down. Like the love that we felt on that trip man was it was second to none it was like just great being down being back home she got prayed for and christened my guard daughter came from texas and got prayed for and christened as well uh it was just a great great trip i'm not gonna reminisce on it too much because i don't want to get choked up but obviously you know my both of my parents were still alive back then so it was just a spectacular trip and it just I've never, I've never forgotten that trip. Like it's always been number one, number one for me. Um, so that one, and you say, well, what is my ideal? Yeah, and I'm gonna come up. That's that's. I didn't expect that. I mean, because you, you're pretty much you travel a lot. Yeah, my my ideal trip. I, I um. So I, I want to eventually, and I plan on doing this soon, but I, I want to go somewhere overseas, like uh, south of France or something like that, and just have a great time 
with a with a group of close friends, sort of like how we did Vegas, but you know, with our our spouses included, and just really have a good time and enjoy new things. I enjoy, like I love going to Miami. I love going to Vegas, but I've obviously been there several times. I want to go somewhere where I haven't been and experience uh, some new things. What all that entails, you know, whatever that place has to offer, I'm 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 down to uh, experience it. Yeah, for me, um, I, for I don't know if I'm gonna steal this answer if it's yours too, but it, it's the Paris Spain trip, right? Like mm. our five year wedding anniversaries and people we did not plan to get married the same year. That was not like cap. That's it was not. I promise you, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. It wasn't a plan, but it kind of was like, well, y'all should just go ahead and get married since we get married this month, and then they just expedited a couple of months. So yeah, but um, that it was our five year wedding anniversary. Um, found some great deals because we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do, and um, we were looking at going to just California. Uh, and, and just hang out there and then we found flights to Paris that was actually cheaper than going to California for us so it was a great great deal we got there and just the memories that we were able to make right like I, t- I was uh we were in a text message and I was and you were asking about Paris buff and you know I told a story about how the night we got to Paris we had a and b there was a pub under us we went downstairs for a couple drinks, hooked up with the locals there, drunk up to the bar closed down, and they were like, hey, we always go to this crepe spot after uh, the bar closes. So we walked down the street to this crepe spot. And when I say walk down the street, I'm talking like a couple blocks, like probably six, seven blocks. Walked down the street to the crepe spot, hung out at the crepe spot all night, like just chill so hard, man. Made so many memories rented bikes and rolled down the street when it got baguettes and stuck it in the basket just so we can say we did it type thing like you know i i reproposed to jenica in front of the eiffel tower that that trip then we went to the wrong airport right um because we we didn't know paris had two airports so we were thinking we're gonna fly from paris to spain so we go to the airport and they're like yeah y'all supposed to be at the other airport uh, so we you know but it was just that even the bad things that happened ended up like just making memories, right? We, it was so cheap to get a, another flight. We literally, it was, I think it was like $80. We booked the second flight and we just said, screw the first flight. We booked a flight from that airport to Spain, got to Spain, took a bus down to uh, La Tamatilla, which is like the big tomato fight uh, where people have to climb a pole to get a big stuffed pig off the top of the pole and people just built each other with tomatoes until the person gets the pig off of the pole. So it's the most random thing in the world, but it was just dope because what we had to walk probably six miles to get there and we were drinking sangria the entire way they had free sangria stations the entire way so we just like drunk sangria all the way down to it we were totally roasted throwing tomatoes at each other came out smelling like a pizza like the memories that that trip evokes uh and and then jen was there so on top of all of that so i mean it, it was it was just a great trip man um my ideal would be something like that, but with a larger group. Like you talked about, you know, having that international trip where you have these experiences, because that's what I'm all about. I'm all about just experiencing something new, experiencing life. So if I haven't done it, I want to do it. And so it's like, let's go skiing, let's go hike the Alps, let's, you know, whatever it is, I want to go out and experience it, go on safari. And I want to do it with friends to be able to make those memories and be able to talk about it and laugh about it and joke about it after even the bad stuff that happens. Right. I mean, it's all of that brings back a memory of just joy after you get past it. Right. As long as, you know, yeah, you lost your passport and, you know, you got pickpocketed and lost your passport and had to stay two extra days or three extra days. But at the same time, you got here, you got back home, you still have those memories and you and Z were ha- able to spend three more days in Spain, you know, and and, and ch- kind of chill out. So it, it's all of that, man. So I just want to be able to do that. 
Yeah, that's, that was a lot of extra money too. Just to throwing out there. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So you definitely stole my first because it was just it was just a great trip. You know, just like you said, from the time we got there, um, just meeting the locals. I'll tell you one thing, and I'm I'm gonna do another trip because I don't want to go the same way. But and maybe it's just me is when we the good thing about staying in the Airbnb there was we got to interact with the real people. Like you said, we went to the pub that was right down the street or down the uh, under the our, our our building and we sat there and talked to people, like real life people. And a lot of times yep. I, I when I think I'm on vacation, I assume everybody around me is on vacation as well. And so when you're talking to them, they're talking about, you know, just having kids and just, you know, getting away for a date, uh, a date night to the city. Cause you know, people live outside of Paris. So it's just like, you know, you stay outside of, you stay in Manassas and you drive to DC for date night, you know, for them, it was that kind of things like me and my wife needed to get away from the kids. You know, I just lost my job, just got a new job. You know, all these things are like, man, people around the world are people, you know, it's not just, these people happen to be here because I want to be in Paris and like, all right, let's get everybody in Paris so far. can enjoy yourself. It's really like there's people really doing their thing and just meeting and talking to them. It was funny because the, the dude who owned the, the pub or the, the wine bar met us at the crepe spot, you know? So it was just like, everybody was connected, but my favorite trip was actually a year ago. Now, uh, Z and I, um, after our, Valenul went to Turks and Caicos and it was just so relaxing and everybody knows I'm a people's person I like to talk and I just and I'm not a big on all the excursions and all this stuff so I was like man what are we going to do for this week together like are we going to get tired of each other we're going to get bored because there's no there's nothing else we really can do but when I say we just spent so much time just enjoying each other's company um, and just talking about everything. I mean, I think one of my favorite conversations we had, we um, every night we shut down, going to the pier, going to the fire pit, took a little blanket out there because it was still just a little bit the, the wind from the um, uh, the, the, the wind, uh, the, the bees, the beaches breeze was a little nippy at night. So we, um, we sit there and talk and one of the conversations was like, 10 years ago, did you think you would be here? Like did basically for both of us where we were at that day surpassed our wildest dreams of being married. You know, it's like, yeah, you, you, you know, you hope to be married and in love and all this stuff, but I just never thought I could be this happy, this in love still 10 years in, right? Like we, I still look at my wife like a newlywed some days. I'm just like, damn, how did I get so lucky? And we just talked, you know, every day, all day, had great drinks, great food. It's like a laid back Jamaica. You know, it's just it's not over too crazy, too party. It's it was a really good vibe. And um, I I loved it. My ideal or my dream vacation would be. I don't know exactly where it would be yet. I'm thinking overseas or something like that, but I would love to get the people that were at my wedding especially like the 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 bridal party you know the wedding party and plus family and just a few more people that didn't get to make it all on a group trip together again because for me um that whole experience where we got to mesh our worlds together where it was my friends and family from Mobile, my friends from college and my friends from uh, Houston and um, and same with Z all being together in one spot because it's very rare that you get to mold or mesh your worlds together and you know people get to interact and meet even when you get married the first time it's kind of like if you get married young it's like okay these are the people I've known for the last 22 years that's all I got now it's like I'm 42 years old I'm 41 years old here are the people I grew up with that got me to college. Here are the people at college that got me to where I'm at. Here are the people that we met since we've been married and helped 
push and guide our 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 our, our uh our marriage and you know our confidence and this and it was just having all you guys and that's what my wedding party was who it was it was a mix of my mobile people and family my college um friends and family and my friends and family here in Houston and i would love and i feel like the energy was just great you know um I forgot some of my family's like, we got to do this again. Like, when are you going to do this again? I'm like, you know, this is not a family reunion. But it's like, no, it's like a Ferg family reunion. I'm like, you know what? I like that. I want my closest people to get together again and have something. So it could be um, something maybe more local where, you know, I would love to get to the, the south of France, like with Byron. But if we we did, you know the Hamptons or Miami or whatever. And we just were able to get together and have a whole weekend or week, just events and enjoying each other. Because I don't know about you guys. Maybe I was just on cloud nine, but I had a blast that weekend, you know, from the time the first guest arrived to the time the last guest left, I I was on cloud nine. So maybe for our 15 or 20 or 20 or 15 years is way too close. (laughs) <laughs> you know. I, I just want to say one one more thing about my trip. You learn, and I've, I've heard other people express this too. You learn that um, because before Jasmine, every time we went to Mobile, you know, Tabitha mom couldn't wait to cook for us. My mom couldn't wait to cook for us. We go down there with Jasmine, the cooking stop. Like <laughs> we we go home, she be like, I go pick y'all up some crawfish from mud bugs. Or tab with the mama go get hearts, but all they wanted to do just was just spend time with the baby. They had time to cook, so that cooking stuff was over. <laughs> it's not about you anymore, Buff. Not at all, bro. And it hasn't <laughs> been since. <laughs> yeah, but no, those were good trips. So you know, encourage people to travel, enjoy life. Um, it was great coming full circle back to the Vegas trip just to get away with you guys I mean it was just to think about 20 plus years ago we had been lucky to get all of us together at you know the Red Roof Inn Motel 6 or something like that yeah just to hang out and now we're I don't even want to talk about how expensive the tickets were and the hotel and all that stuff in Vegas kicking it and and just enjoying ourselves you know so with that being said Team Dark Skin (laughs) Let's go ahead and do our parting shots, fellas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Man, I feel like this episode has been like a lot of uh, reminiscing and just talking about family and friends. So I'm going to stick with that theme somewhat and just uh, send a shout out to SWAT. We were a controversial group in high school, man. So some of it deservedly so, some of it was unfair. But whatever the case may be, we were who we were. Uh, people hated us, people liked us. But being out there in Vegas with you guys, man, and you know, people see groups of black guys all the time. But I don't know what it was about us, because nobody was wearing like some gaudy jewelry. Nobody was labeled down. None of us was stepping out of Ferraris. But there were a couple of times during that short trip in Vegas that strangers just came up to us and said, hey, man, uh, are y'all with the fight party? Or like, I I just want to tell y'all, man, it's great to see a group of brothers just being like, we we were not the only group of black people there. But I don't know if it was just the way we carried ourselves or, or they could just sense the brotherhood within our group, man. But it was just dope to just have complete strangers come up to us and say the things that they said to us. And, you know, some of our, some of our other friends were like getting messages from people whenever we were posting on Facebook, like, oh man, y'all out there. It's, it's so great to see y'all like come in on our pictures and stuff. So we uh, definitely appreciate that. And when I tell you, you know, what you guys are complimenting us on, it's genuine. Like 
I love these dudes. I love those dudes, Mike, Sherman, the cats that couldn't make it, you know, Wendell especially, uh, Melvin, anybody else I'm leaving out, but it's it's genuine. And I just want to send a shout out to the many years of friendship that we that we've had. <laughs> he messing me up. He messing me up, man. He messing me up. He messing me up, man. <laughs> He messed me up, <laughs> but uh, let me let me let me let me wrap this up and just say that um, just appreciate the friendship, man. Me and Ferg always joke all the time that you know it it literally is because his last name is F and mine is E. He sat behind me in sixth grade. Our history teacher would have us pass our homework back to the person behind you. He looked out for a brother because there would be times I ain't do my work. <laughs> and uh, the friendship just started there, man. So uh, it's just been cool knowing you guys, growing with you guys. And um, I love you, brothers. Appreciate it. You wasted your time doing your homework. <laughs> like, I was like, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. Like, pass it back. So shout out to Elena Garrett. I think that was her name. The little, little white chick that sat behind me, too, because... She was on that same program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the quizzes, pass your quizzes back. And if you ain't make a nine or a 10 on every quiz, I, I, I you know, I ain't want to look perfect every time. You yeah, know, right. uh, <laughs> it was on you. Um, Rise, what you got for us, man? Oh, by the way, Buff, they were mainly talking to you. And then we were just kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I disagree yeah. with that. I disagree okay. with that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Rise, what you got? Um, so, first of all, Shout out to Sophie. Happy birthday. Oh. I officially have a tween now. Yeah. She's turning 10. So um, that's a whole new level of stress. Um, now I got two young ladies running around my house telling me what to do and everything uh, and expecting the world. So, but shout out to her, man. That's why we're down here at Disney. This is where she picked. Um, what we do is on their we call it milestone birthday so 5 10 years 16 21 they get to kind of pick what we do as a family uh and so she we came down here on our fifth birthday with Jen and she wanted to come back down uh again this year for her 10th year and so she was like I want to do it again uh be back down here and um I talked about it a little bit you know friends who've been have dealing with loss and everything like that and you know it's been over three years and it really has been kind of triggering being back down here walking the same halls that because we're staying in shades of green again so the same spot you know checking in thinking about what we did then and what we're doing now and everything and um you know I just want to say Jen I'm trying uh, you know, I'm I'm not the the fun guy that you are, but I'm I'm, I'm out here. I'm doing it. I'm trying. Uh, Sophie's having a great time, so that just warms my heart in general. And uh, so the folks that's still out there dealing with loss, man, we we always talk about um, you know, time heals, time heals, time it 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 makes it manageable. Um, but there's always those ebbs and flows, man. And so deal with those times when it comes down on you, you're feeling like, um, you know, you can't get through it. Just know that you can, you know, and lean on the folks, lean on your friends, you know, sit and record if you need to get, start a podcast. I don't know. Um, whatever it is, man, lean into it. Uh, you'll get through it. Um, and I know I will. And so just wanted to kind of throw that out there. You are a fun guy, bro. You're fine. Yeah. So, two things really fast. First of all, dude, I'm so proud of you. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. You have risen to the occasion, gone above and beyond. And, like, I'm so proud of you. Um, The day I got the news, my biggest concern is, like, is he going to be okay? And I just, I couldn't sleep for days. But, um... I know you're not perfect. I know it's not over and it's still tough, but dude, you're, you're better than okay. You've done way beyond what I thought you would be able to do at this point. And so I, I couldn't be prouder as a friend. Um, you know, if you need anything, I'm here. I'm a flight away. You know, um, we love you. And if there's ever a moment you need us, you know, and it's just not me, it's all of us. Uh, and I'll just say that. And so, um, Appreciate that, man. Yeah, yeah, I love y'all, man. Really do. Yeah, so. Um, 
Well, crazy segue. We were talking about the wedding and everything. So we're recording on Tuesday, August 1st. So tomorrow, August 2nd, will will, uh, be my 11 year anniversary. So happy anniversary, babe. I know you're not going to listen to the show, so I know I'm saying it anyway. But happy anniversary. Love you. And uh, to many years uh, more. So all righty. Anything else, fellas? Good, bro. All right. Uh, we didn't get Sophie's joke. Oh yeah, she she is in the other room somewhere doing okay. something. So, all right. and we we didn't get a Rosie joke. I guess we'll we just have to suffer through it all today. So yeah, yeah, we just be jokeless. Yeah, we're just almost the same, right? Yeah, if I have to do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a good joke. Uh, with that being said, three brothers no sense. Your favorite barbershop style podcast. Remember the six rules of podcast, people. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment. Most importantly, listen again. That might have been five. That might have been six. I don't know. All right. Talk to you next week. Contentville, what up?